Knots. Chapter 14 A field of stars filled her eyes, more than she'd ever seen before. Some glowed like the moon. Many were so faint they were only part of an endless, dusty river of light. Stars. Galaxies. Nebulas. As she groped for words to contain it all, the field began to fade. Light grew up around her. Vast silence gently filled with wind and the steady rise and fall of the sea, like the world was breathing. Gulls called, punctuated by a lonely raven. Salt in her nose. Salty spray on her lips. The smell of waterlog to life. At last she felt a rough blanket beneath her fingers. It was covering sand and had molded around her sleeping form into a cozy hollow. Her legs were bare, though, and a little cold. She opened her eyes. The sky was chunky with clouds catching the last bit of sun. A seagull was perched on a gnarled tree trunk not far away, considering how close to edible she might be. Marianne stretched slowly. She didn't feel bad exactly, just stiff, like she'd had a deep sleep without much moving around. The seagull cocked its head, unimpressed with her signs of life. Bugger off. It squawked impudently and finally took flight when she heard the rush of air that announced Ash's arrival. She listened to the strong beats of its wings. She wasn't really used to thinking of feathers as noisy, but they were, if you were close enough. Marianne? Ash's voice was cautious. She crouched at the side of the blanket, eyes fixed on her face. They were a bit red. Not spooky red. More like crying red. Marianne smiled weakly, confused by her expression. And the beach. In the flesh. Ash relaxed, kneeling in the sand. Marianne was going to offer her the blanket to spare her expensive jeans when she saw that it was too late. Mud and filth were ground into jeans and blouse both. She sat up quickly. The coat she wore was a long, black trench, a bit too big, and her bare legs stuck out from beneath it, equally filthy. The dreamy images of stars tattered like paper. She pawed at the buttons and pulled the coat open. Scars bubbled down her sternum and abdomen. She touched one, hand shaking, and remembered looking down seeing skin and blood and firelight and yellow eyes. Ash tilted Marianne's face up to look at her, calm and steady. She caught one of Marianne's hands and held it to her chest. You're here, with me, safe and sound. As she continued to speak, her voice took on a simple rhythm, almost a lullaby. It flowed in time with her slow and steady breath. The bloody room began to vanish again, replaced with Ash's dark eyes and glass-pale face. She let Ash guide her back, Ash and the sea and her, breathing all together. Gradually, the eyes that held her gaze were joined by the evening around them. Behind Ash's silhouette, the dark trees at the top of the hill edging the beach were gilded, but it was cooler here, out of the sun and damp. Familiar, too. She liked the beach, but usually only when the heat of day was gone. She didn't recognize this stretch, but it was wild and safe. 
That was a useful thing to think, and she shouldn't be sitting outside flashing the seagulls. Also useful. She pulled the coat closed without looking at the scars. They didn't hurt. Maybe later she could try to make sense of them. Like a nightmare, she thought. In the light of day, she could take out all the bad crap and make it petty and small. Ash knew when she was getting back to normal. She buttoned up the coat when Marianne's fingers tripped over it, then lifted Marianne across her lap and pulled her close, rocking just slightly. It was a bit like a doll, like Ash was a child warding herself against the dark. She liked it a lot, but she figured this was for Ash, and that was cool too. She hugged her, awkwardly at her angle, but tightly. The arms only slowly loosened. Marianne leaned closer, not ready for anything outside of her embrace. The bloody room could fuck off, and the real world didn't wait for long. Like how you could leave a funeral and still have to go to the grocery store to get milk. But she'd hold on to the good bits as long as she could. Finally, the chatter of practical and mundane questions rattled too loudly. If she had to talk, she decided, it should be important. He isn't dead. No. Ash didn't give any details. Neither of them wanted to. Perfect pair. Not the kind of thing she remembered from her mom's romance novels. And then again, her life didn't involve a lot of engorged manhoods, either. It was another little click of reassuring normality. I think I was dead, she said. It wasn't quite a question. Only mostly dead. Princess Bride, she said automatically. I suppose it is at that. He killed me. It was a near thing. He didn't intend to, I think. No. He didn't. Ash's hand smoothed down her back. When you opened the gate, it took a lot of your strength. I just got through. Not fast enough. There was a pause that in Ash was frustration. He hit your gurney. You couldn't protect yourself, and the injuries were too much. I saw... Stars, she broke off lamely. Lots of them. And worlds before that. Just a little, though. Like, not for long? There was so much. It just went on forever. Was it a long time? I don't know what you remember. Just leaving. And grass. Ash nodded. Five days. Nights. Since the warehouse. Five? Where's Nika? What's going on? Ash patiently waited while Marianne peppered her with questions. It was a bit useless, but she couldn't seem to shut herself up until she finally ran out and started repeating herself. Ash took her hand again and pressed it against her cheek. Her hands were gross, too, but Ash didn't seem to care. Nika is in the hospital. She's doing very well. Her injuries weren't as serious as yours. She's safe under guard. For protection or for... Look... Anything she did was self-defense. Or to protect me. Or wait, she didn't do anything. It was all me, right? It was my gun. You know that. Ash lifted an eyebrow. Marianne was happy, though, to see a flash of humor. Happy? Relieved? Either. Both. You're a terrible co-conspirator. Nika's story officially turned this into another incident that falls under Ellie's purview. She has some of her people down from Prince George. She called it the Connaught Task Force. 
They're watching over Nika and going over the warehouse. They found a blood stain that matches our Tommy, but they didn't find a body or anyone there. No evidence of guns. Yours is locked away at home. Ash's mouth quirked into a little smile. I owe Nika a great deal. Marianne remembered how Nika had come to save her, and the rage that twisted her face when she put Tommy down. She let those images play over and over, the fear of it and also the desperate hope. She made sure the real in her mind began and ended in the dank corridor, began and ended in hope. Ash gave her all the time she needed for the real to stop. Marianne would have to face everything soon enough. It all needed to be written down in her notebook. Maybe that would be... what was it? Catharsis. Maybe it would be good for her, too. She'd rather avoid it, but short of some emergency, or maybe complaining of a tummy ache, she didn't have a reason to put it off for long. And the stomach ache thing hadn't worked when it came to ditching school, so there was no reason to think it would work now. Anyway, the room and the panic was tucked away, and she felt okay otherwise. Injuries healed. Dream of endless stars coming back. Except it probably wasn't a dream. It was the result of looking up at the sky with different eyes. Better eyes. Did, did you vamp me? Ash paused, then sighed, but smiled. Vamp. No, I didn't change you. You sure? Because the stars and stuff were acting kind of weird. Kind of weird is almost normal for us, Ash said, which is a great improvement over the last five nights. She looked down, tugging at the coat. Forgive me, Marianne. I did my best, but there wasn't enough of me to heal the scars. You'd lost so much blood. You didn't vamp me. No. She felt a vague disappointment. Ash must have had a good reason. Still. Why didn't you? she asked, before she lost her nerve. Two reasons, Ash said after a minute. First, I couldn't secure your consent. I think I remember saying yes. I asked you if you wanted me to try and heal you. I wasn't sure if it would work. It can have dire consequences. As it was, I was fortunate that there were people nearby. Did you... did I... I mean, was it like the movies? You were very hungry. Marianne tried to look without being nosy. There are various places. The wrist was easiest. She held up her arm. There was a vaguely mouth-sized bruise faded almost away. Oh. She decided to process that later. What's the second reason? You were too weak. Changing requires a clear, strong will and robust health. Oh. So, it really isn't a get-out-of-death-free card? I'm afraid not. Well, shit. She contemplated her unfamiliar coat. Just the coat and stuff, and not the warehouse stuff. Lock that shit away for some day when she had a bit of energy to spare. Chicks dig scars? This chick digs you, scars or no. Smooth. Aren't I just? The lightness felt a bit out of place, but she felt that relief again, too. She tapped her feet together and a bit of bark fell to the sand. Where are we? Fairly far up the coast. We just... Slept out here all day? What the hell? I've had friends watching over us. I thought it best to get you away from the city. You kept 
trying to climb buildings. Uh, what? Think of it as a temporary gift of strength and speed and senses beyond your own. Not entirely like me, though. Without changing your physical self, your brain struggled to learn the limits of what you could do without hurting yourself. It was... You were babysitting a lunatic. More akin to someone in the energetic stage of drunkenness. Or, well, certain intoxicants. Lunatic. A little, yes. It took some time to convince you to wear a coat. I was streaking? Dancing. You wanted to dance in the rain. Marianne saw her slightly embarrassed look before she dodged Marianne's eyes. Perv. You were beautiful. They both smiled, both a little awkward, both a little pleased. Ash hugged her again. There was something wild about her that was more delicious than the expensive perfume. She smelled of evergreen forests and damp earth and mist. Marianne gave herself a surreptitious sniff and made a face. I tried to track you that day. Marianne lifted her head. Ash's gaze had wandered to the ocean. Her face was a flawless mask. It was her voice that broke Marianne's heart. Dawn caught me, but I should still have been able to pick up your trail when I woke. Tommy knew exactly what he was doing. Ash didn't know how Tommy had done it, and it was gnawing at her. Marianne could hear it. I was drugged up basically the whole time, Marianne offered. Hmm, that would have made it more difficult. But not impossible. Marianne was missing some vampire thing, maybe. Hey, it wasn't your fault. They were pretty slick. Caught me flat-footed. And you couldn't have had much time before you slept. That was why I went in the first place. Ash considered, lost in thought. Van Hoff has always been single-minded in his studies. But we did hurt him badly all those years ago. Maybe he took some time to study us. That's gotta be it. Maybe he found, like, a vampire buddy or something. It's not... impossible. Right? She said, hearing the effort Ash put into trying to buy into the theory. Or a consultant of some kind. I mean... Tommy knew about you from way back when we saw him after the cafe. And if you hang out with us, puny humans, maybe other ones do too. Footsteps, she thought. Tommy, jiggling nervously. Van Hoff's shrieking metal. On the gunshot steps. There was someone else there, she said, her voice a little too high and loud. Tommy was there and... She took a shuddering breath. Someone else came in with Tommy once. What did they look like? I was pretending to be asleep. Drugged up, you know? I only heard footsteps. Really sharp. Steady. Like they knew what they were doing, you know? Man or woman? What did they sound like? Did they have an accent? They didn't. Talk, I mean. I heard footsteps and Tommy talking to them. It sounded like he was having a conversation, but I couldn't hear the other person. He could, though. She closed her eyes, concentrating just on that bit, so that her mind didn't grab hold of other memories. The warehouse was bad, but, she thought, normal bad. It was like hearing someone talking on the phone. Whoever it was, Tommy was shit-scared of them. They were the one who noticed I was awake. She worked her jaw, remembering the grip on it. They were strong. Really quiet. 
really strong. They must have told Tommy to put me to sleep again. When I woke up, Nico was there, and then Tommy came to get me and he took me to... Ash shifted them around so she could see Marianne's face properly. It was a small and ordinary thing. Maybe that was why it was enough to pull her away from the direction her memory was going. Breathing, breathing, breathing. The beach returned. This, this is a trauma with which you should not be burdened. Sucks to be me. Kinda gotta deal with it. It's okay. I'll figure it out. You don't have to. For a minute, Marianne didn't get it. Oh. Ash nodded. Say the word. I can take it from you. I... I kinda do want you to, she said. Ash lifted her hand to touch Marianne's face. Before she could talk herself out of it, Marianne stopped her. I don't think I should, though. I mean, she shuddered. Breathing. 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 Not now, she said, faking firmness. I don't know what Nika told you or could remember or whatever, but I think that we need to have every bit of information we can get before we whammy it away. Ash cocked her head. This isn't you taking on more responsibility than you should. Probably is. Maybe. I don't know. But until we're sure, it's better. It was a long, long minute before Ash lowered her hand, nodding slightly. Marianne wasn't worried about a fake-out whammy. There was no way Ash would do that to her. She knew it like she knew her heart would keep beating. Not after that whole thing up in Prince. What she was afraid of was that Ash would offer again, because she didn't think she could refuse a second time. It's not like a forever no. Just a for now thing. As you wish, Princess Bride. Yes, very much so. She smiled and burrowed her face against Ash's neck. Now that was smooth. I have my moments. For a while, it was just the ocean and wind and birds. That could be a forever thing, she thought. Just sitting together like that. When it was all over with, maybe they could take a break and homestead for a while. She felt Ash's braid between her fingers. There was a twig in it. She worked it free and let it fall. You know, I think I'd say yes, right? Like, if it comes down to it, you can go ahead and assume a yes. With the vamp... vamping... vampening. Ash's arms tightened and she was rocked again. This time it was a really happy rocking. It shouldn't be such a situation. Ash kissed her cheek. It's something that you should consider with care. It won't come without cost. Your gates, for example. Nikki was clear that it's a gift you can only use as a living being, not as a darkling like me. She could have been lying. No, she wasn't lying. You tried? Once or twice. She sounded embarrassed. It was so long ago that I lost such a skill, presuming I did have it. I thought... Hmm. It's a cruel thing that we who fell under his thrall had our gifts taken from us. You're really awesome, though. Differently gifted. We make a good team. So we do. Ash looked up the hill. We should go. My friends deserve their watch to end. The sand wasn't bad, but it gave way to rock, 
broken shells, sticks, pine needles, and just about everything else that could torture the shoeless. Ow! Fucking hell! How did I get down here? She pulled a spiky pine cone off of her foot, balancing awkwardly. You healed as quickly as you were injured. Ash crouched down and Marianne clambered onto her back. They started smoothly up the hill. Neat. She tried to stay still, but Ash went up the steep slope like a mountain goat, never missing a step. Hey, Ash? Yes, my darling? Zwap and Prince, that night, you could have fixed me up without going to the hospital? I thought about it. But it wasn't only injuries from fighting, like your hands, that caused your pain. The blood of vampires and embryos are not to mix. Oh, but it was like I miscarried. I couldn't be sure at that time. To risk it was to risk creating an abomination. You've seen things like that? Christopher and Lydia showed me. We aren't great in number, and our knowledge even of ourselves is limited. But that, at least, is a rule that only the most arrogant or thoughtless of our kind would violate. Oh. Shit. Very. They reached the top of the hill. Ash didn't offer to put her down, and Marianne was grateful for it even if she felt like a dork for clinging to Ash like a baby monkey while three people came toward them. They were First Nations, a man and woman who were maybe a little older than Marianne, and an older woman with grey in her hair. They were dressed for overnighting in the wilderness, each with a backpack and a rifle. The light was still bright enough that she wasn't imagining their amusement. I can't thank you enough. You've helped us in the past. You're helping us now. The older woman shrugged. I wish it was more. It's enough. If you get this beast, it will make us safer. If you need any help with that, the younger woman offered. The hand on her rifle tightened just a bit. It's one of ours. I'm only sorry that it came here. Can't be helped, can it? The man said. Colonizers. That's what you do. There was a bit of jest in his tone, at least. I'd appreciate it if you keep us updated the older woman said. Of course. I hope the news is good. So do we all. They started off down a rough trail. The man waved goodbye. See you again, mosquito woman. It's not. Ash trailed off with a sigh. Mosquito woman? I'll explain when we're home.